Stevens is about to join us. There's a host of football news to rip into. But, Matthew, our regular segment here on the Big V Racing, yay or nay? Uh, we've sort of promoted our topics today. Some days they're going to be more like conversation starters that we haven't heard. But today, the first one is Zaki, and I'm thunderstruck in the All-Star Mile. It's the great conundrum facing Jamie Carr at the moment. One of the great conundrums, mm. as was pointed out to us not long ago, is the other thing that could drag her sideways is whether she stays in Melbourne or Sydney. Regardless of whether she chooses Zaki or I'm thunderstruck, she might have rides in each of the five group ones in Sydney on that day, Golden Slipper Day. She may have a Golden Slipper ride. And as Blue Eyes and I were talking about earlier, she about whether she would go to Hong Kong or not, she hasn't won one of the big four yet. So mm. so if a Golden Slipper came up, then that might be a, a real attraction for her. I, If it comes down to Zaki and I'm Thunderstruck, I'm just I'm Thunderstruck because I think he's got more to offer coming. I think Zaki's... Nelly run his race as far as how high he can go, and I think he's actually come back a length on mm. what he was two years ago. But Thunderstruck, even off the back of that Geelong trial yesterday, he he seems to be getting better, and he might even, as much as he's done great things, he may have his biggest season yet. So mm. if I was Jamie Carr thinking about not just that ride, but a little bit further down the track, I'd probably go with Thunder over Zaki, and she's got great memories. of. There's not a lot more for her to prove with Zaki, but I'm Thunderstruck maybe she could prove a few things. Is that taking into account the 1,600 metres Mooney Valley factor as well? If I'm Thunderstruck doesn't draw a gate, is it sort of becomes a bit more difficult? Maybe, maybe the Valley factor, but Thunder did beat home. He did, he did. Thunder Um, nearly won a Cox Plate, Mm. so... I think Valley suits him. If it's a run on Valley, which it can be with the Rail True, I think it's a great track for I'm Thunderstruck if it's a, if it's a seriously run race. Right. So, yeah. I'm going to reframe that question in a different way. If if Jamie Carr has the third favourite, which is, let's say, I don't know, $7 in a, in a golden slipper versus it could have the ride on the favourite in the All-Star Mile, which might be $3 I'm Thunderstruck, which way... Would you go if you're in her shoes? But what if she's got rising four other group ones in Sydney on the same day as the Golden Slipper as well? well what if yeah, she's got I mean, the favourite in the Rose Hill Guinea? I, I think the George Riders mm. on that day, and I think the Rose Hill Guineas, and I th- it might be the BMW or one of those races. So I think you got to factor in the overall package. Yeah, no, look, bottom line is it's going to be a, one of those good problems to have. Yeah. So yeah. I'll, uh, well, the only one I'd say is I'd probably go with I'm Thunderstruck over Zaki. I'm Thunderstruck over Zaki. Okay, listeners, let us know what you think. I'm Thunderstruck or Zaki in the All-Star Mile. Which way would you go? There's a text here that's come through. Afternoon, gentlemen. Is Captain Ravishing overrated? Uh, He's gone on to say a few different other things here, but what's your thoughts here, Matt, at this stage? Have we overrated Captain Ravishing at this stage of his career? Well, it's going to be interesting to have a chat to Lance Justice in about 10 minutes, who was the driver of Smoking Up, who was the fastest horse we had Captain Ravishing hasn't yet run a lower benchmark time than the 149 point something that, um, or was it even faster than that, that Smoking Up ran, but everyone's predicting that he will and that he's got more speed than any horse we've ever seen and all that sort of stuff. So, But I remember Ride High. I remember, you know, Lock and Var Art and all the hype. The hype got a long way ahead of their CVs. I mean... Even Lockenvar Art, who was a really, really good horse, he, he didn't have a CV anywhere near within Cooey of the great champions of the past, and Ride High was gone before he even came. So so as far as Captain Ravishing goes, the Spruik's one thing, and what we're seeing is you know all this ability, but you've got to be careful because he hasn't done anything yet. Yep. So just, yeah. And, and Tony, who sent the text in, points out there's a horse in Queensland which beat him in the derby, which hasn't done a great deal wrong either. That's Leap to Fame, who yep. Dan Malecki reminded us about on Monday. Don't forget, 
about leap to fame when it comes to the four-year-old. So we'll see how he goes on Saturday night. He's a short-price favourite in the four-year-old Bonanza. Okay, the Zach Lloyd situation. I want to just ask Steve, yep. like, remember the, the film The Club where an j- j- actor called John Howard played the great big recruit with the big spruik mm. and he just didn't measure up? AFL's full of the, the, the big superstar recruits who just couldn't... I think um, Quinny's mate was a good example, um, Jack Watts, wasn't he? Well... Mark Stevens, yeah. our AFL editor, is here, by the well, way. I suppose he's a number one pick. He didn't quite live up to it, did he? Yeah. But a lot of big names have shifted clubs. Yeah. He still carved played. out a good career. Would you? Is that fair to say, Steve? Yeah, good career, but not a number one no. pick career. More mm. a pick 25. Mm. That's probably a fair uh, assessment. Uh, okay, another question for you, Matthew. Zach, Bo- uh, Zach Lloyd. Um, betting situation. He plays to bet. Has, has he got off a little bit too light here? Just not sure how to read it. I'm more interested in what listeners think because the and in, and this is another one for Steve as well. And you know the the idea of sports people betting has been a really big crackdown in the AFL. You remember the the guy I was at Herald Sun at the time, so it was five beyond five or six years ago. He had a little ten dollar bet in the pub tab in South Melbourne, and he got absolutely hammered. Penalty wise, mm. he got he got half a season. Uh, yeah, recruiters, all all types of staff. As I in remember now. who it was too. It was um, Shaw. Yes, yep. and, and I know a recruiter at Hawthorne, uh, at, at Carlton, got nabbed, uh, I think, for a half a season just for a couple of little bets, multis, $50 bets. And now if you're AFL accredited, you can't bet on the footy mm. in the game that you scan into. Even so, media, is that right? Yeah, yeah No, media. that's right. Yeah. So as a racing journalist, Matty, when you scan on into Flemington, mm. you can obviously bet. I'd have to check. Oh, that would be... What if they brought in a... Oh, no. <laughs> don't don't me, give actually. them any ideas, Matt. <laughs> uh, uh, no, you don't. The administrators might be listening to yeah. this, so don't give them ideas. Yeah, and the tennis down. as well, once, you, once you're accredited. Yep. Um, I don't believe that you can bet on any matches whatsoever, which uh, was, was really difficult for Scott Cooney, I've got to say, for the past fortnight. He no. went very quiet. No, he had to sit on his... He had to handcuff himself to the fridge, um, which was convenient because it was a fridge. Um <laughs> <laughs> but in the context of what um, how the hard line that Steve-O just spoke about in the, the wider world, like so Zach Lloyd, who's this superstar apprentice, Jeff Lloyd's son, um, very clean um, record so far. Um, three charges, multiple... One of them was multiple bet... Uh, a $6 multi that included a bet on a Gallops race in New Zealand and multiple communications with his father, who's also his manager from the jockey's room, mm. jockey's rooms in New South Wales. So that's two infringements there. One, using your phone multiple times. The other one is a bet that actually did have a galloping component and there's yep. a global ban on jockey's betting on any horse race anywhere. Two weeks. And the stewards <laughs> said, oh, the bet was likely placed by accident. But then they also said... Oh yeah, but it was just a wasn't much of a bet. It was only a small bet. But other jurisdictions, and I have clar- tried to clarify. What do you mean by likely placed by accident? And I, it was a very grey area answer. More mm. more drifted towards it was only a six dollar multi. So um, well, maybe Zach could come out and just clarify it himself. Is, yeah, it wouldn't be a difficult thing to either release a statement or just give us a. 30 I think second. you know if you're putting a multi on, if there's a, a horse race involved. Yeah. So, oh, I, yeah, I wonder where he believes the two error weeks. was made. Anyway, you've it's, got two weeks. Uh, that does seem light on. Someone's texting Don in Ascot Vale. The kid inadvertently bet on an international horse race as part of a random multi bet totaling six dollars 
inadvertently is the point. What do you want to do? Flog him in Fed Square. Goodness. So, no, and I'm not saying I do. I'm not. I'm not having got a fixed opinion on it. But I. But I wanted that clarification. If what that guy said on that SMS is accurate to mm. how he accidentally put a random multi on and it sort of randomly selected a gallops race, then that's the clarification yep. that we need to hear. Yep. And I, I think that is important as well. I think we should get that clarification. Um, have we got time for any more? We probably might hold off on a couple uh, of Matty other Matty Shield was talking about in, is in, in the UK now that yeah. it's almost to get a betting account yes. set up. Almost like a home loan approval that they look at. Uh, yeah. That might solve your your problems if they go into your finances. No, don't talk about the home <laughs> loan approval thing. That was an issue. That's why I'm a bit sensitive about it. Even to the point, reading Racing Post today, that where people who are wandering in, you know, the the shops over there, mm. the Corals and the Williams Hills, where someone will walk in off the street and say, "Oh, you'd, oh, you'd like to have five books on this, mm. thanks, lad." And they say, well, show us your income first, and I'll let you have it. So it's not just signing up for corporates. It's it's walk-ins. I tend to. I'm a bit full in both camps because I, 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 I know there are a lot of problem gamblers, mm. and I think that they can't control their behaviour. Mm. And I think a degree of can you actually afford to bet, um, asked by a, a, an independent body, is maybe not a bad thing. But I also think that it's a terrible intrusion of privacy. As well, I, I, so. I think it's an overkill. Yeah, serious overkill. That would never happen here in Australia. Sure. You don't think it would, could has ever come happen? Out and said it would, they, they're not considering it. So yeah, no, it, it goes. Way too far. I mean, a home loan, you're looking at loaning you know, a million dollars that you have to pay back. It's a bit different to walking into a lucky shop with a $5 note. Yep. No, I, well, but you can walk into a lucky shop with $100,000. And yeah. you can take a home loan of 100000 I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it's overkill. But I can see a situation in the next five years where there is a bit of a tipping point for, for gambling and, and where yep. there's a serious crackdown on... Yep the ease and the access for people to be able to just place bets wherever they want and on whatever they want. I think think there will be a tipping point. I think it reflects a bigger concern generally about um, problem gambling. Mm. And I think it's an issue that the horse racing industry has to be really mindful about. And to me, this is uh, a little sign of how much pressure there is on gambling-related pursuits to, to stay in your lane, basically. I know a good mortgage broker if you need one, Matty. Oh, I found, <laughs> no, I found an angel. An angel? But then I didn't the person wouldn't spiritual. sell, so it all fell over in the end, so we're back to scratch. Okay. Uh, two minutes till the fifth at Heelsville. Our <laughs> AFL editor is in the house, as oh. you've come to realise, Mark Stevens. He loves getting involved on this segment. Oh, he's he's very happy. good at it. He's very good at he it. He always says, oh, I don't know anything about racing, no. so I don't want to come in. And then he comes in and then he contributes the great, house down. Great way to integrate him into the show. A football segue for you, Steve-O, is because I pick it worth a million dollars. Uh, no, probably 800 plus. I said a million this morning, which I got some feedback from. Mick McGuan texted and said, clearly you can cuss this morning. <laughs> but he's probably worth 800 plus on the open market. But the big news is, finally, yep. Collingwood have, has a captain, and it is Darcy Moore. He's been announced as the 48th uh, skipper of the Pies. It's the second time we've had father-son captains at Collingwood. Of course, Peter Moore was captain in 81-82. Charlie Panham Sr. in 1905, and his son, Albie Panham. Uh, he was skipper in 1945. So it's a really historic uh, day for Collingwood. Darcy mm. Moore at the age of 27 will captain. Under that, at the next levels, Adams, Howe and Maynard as support of, in the leadership group. Scott Pendlebury won't have an official leadership role. He'll just be helping out on the side. The spiritual leader of the football club now, Scott Pendlebury. Yeah, so a big announcement there. But the other the, the news at Collingwood was Darcy Cameron, which is probably just as significant, has come off with a hamstring. Off the track, not quite hobbling, but didn't move too well leaving the track. 
super important player at Collingwood. They've only got he and Mason Cox, really, yeah. as rucks. So, uh, of course, gone. Grundy's yeah. gone. So he's a very important player. He's off for scans, so no doubt there'll be some journos there maybe hiding in behind trees down do there. Do they still do that? Yes. You used to be our go-to. You, you were the our guy. Who was Scan. that current affair reporter? Martin yeah. Martin King. King. You were our Martin King. Well, I have chased a few people in the time, but you, you sort of you wears you out after Did a you while. Do you enjoy doing that, Steve-O? Not particularly. Do some journos really enjoy doing it? I don't think yeah, any yeah, journos. Oh, so they, they get off on it a little yeah. bit, but I think in the end nobody really... You're doing what you're told. You, yeah. have, you have to be accountable to your bosses, and at times you have to chase people. But, I remember the time, remember Jack Rewald disappeared um, down at Richmond and tried to catch a train to avoid the media? No, I don't remember. Well, that, that was famous footage. That what day, he didn't go out the car park. He sort of went out a side gate or something. Or? Well, we had Tom Brown in the car park, and I drove down to just. Tom office. Brown's got an appetite. I think he for enjoys it. it. Oh, he's hungry. Yeah. But I, I went down to support Tom Brown, and I was at Brunton Avenue, and I said, "Hang on, that's Jack Rewald climbing the fence." <laughs> he was actually coming over the fence as I was stuck in traffic. I hope he bought a mic. Eh? So we followed him, and his mic didn't work. 